welcome back into WGN Radio. I'm your host, Mike Heideman. It's been over 18 years since the duo Phil Solemn and Danny Wilde have put out an album. Now they've picked up their guitars again for a brand new Rembrandt's album titled Via Satellite. We've got Danny Wilde on the phone right now. What's going on? Why the long wait, Danny? Well, you know, I mean, don't, we don't rush it. We're <laughs> just taking our time. <laughs> I totally understand. Yeah, 18 years since Lost Together came out. Um, what have you been up to since the, uh, the, the re- release of the last album? Well, you know, we've been gigging and stuff. We've been writing. We, we write all the time. We record all the time. We just haven't really felt that inspired to release anything to be honest with you it felt didn't feel like the time was right and until we you know kind of uh had this last writing session about a year and a half ago where um there was a spurt of of creativity um and we had three brand new songs and and um we said wow you know this feels right again (laughs) so we went digging through our our uh pile of uh, songs that we had finished, some some finished, some unfinished, and we just ended up putting it together with the, with, with the uh, goal of putting out an album. And uh, I mean, I was shocked, I think, as was Phil, when we realized that it had been 18 years. It just didn't seem possible. <laughs> so I'm... it's not like we ever went away to us anyway. I mean, we're always, you know, working on something. Exactly. And and you and Phil must be still playing music together, like on the weekends and stuff. But di- what's the difference between you and, you and Phil just jamming and then now you're like, hey, you know, maybe we should put these songs to paper and, and put them to a disc? Well, I think you have to stay step back and realize that you have a lot of music and it, it deserves to get out there. Um, Phil lives in, throughout our career, he's always lived, uh, you know, we've always lived 2,500 miles apart from each other. I live in LA. Mm-hmm. Phil lives in, uh, throughout our whole career, he lives almost throughout our whole career, he lives in uh, Minneapolis and now he lives in uh, Nashville. So it's not like we really sit around and jam every weekend or, you know, a couple of days a week. We send each other um, ideas back and forth through space via satellite, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of look at what we have and um, sort of like putting a puzzle together, we assemble our music. So is that the inspiration for the name then? Because you did put, you put a lot of your music through via satellite? Yes, it is, really. It is, yeah. It, we, you know, back in the old days, we could have said uh, via cassette or via snail mail, I guess it would have been. So that's, I mean, let's dive into that for a second. You put out Lost Together in 2001, and so much has changed in the music industry over the last few years. I, I mean, exponentially. I think that streaming music and the iPod even were at its infancy back then. What's the biggest changes you guys have seen uh, over the last 18 years in the music industry? Um, definitely the digitization of, of music and, and it being just at your fingertips, anything you want. I mean, you know, we all used to have record collections and CD collections and, um, you know, from, from a physical standpoint, um, you know, you don't really need it anymore. Although I do miss it. That's why we, um, we printed vinyl for, for the new album. Um, you know, it has the, the, all the lyrics and the liner notes and big, beautiful 12 by 12 cover. Um, but yeah, it's just a whole different beast out there now, you know, um, from 
from royalties to or lack of royalties to you know um, uh, billions of people hearing your stuff and uh, how to get it out to people. It's just it's it's a whole new game. You have to learn how to play. Yeah, I, I love the fact that you're putting out a vinyl, too, because it's been too long since you could really hold a CD or, like, a great album and look through those photos. And I remember reading all the all the lyrics and being like, what, what do they mean behind this? And all the, like, right, old backstage right. photos. So that's cool that you did that. Did you did you set an intention to kind of keep it, I, I don't want to say this, but to keep it old school in that way? Yeah, I mean, it was... Um the label that we're signed to, Bluey Lawn, um, is very artist-driven, and a lot of their artists, um, uh, you know, they they play a lot, do a lot of shows, and they uh, and vinyl is like something that has is having a resurgence, like at concerts. Um, you know, you can sit and sign them for the fans, and um, as you will, I mean, you could a T-shirt or a CD as well. But um, I don't know. There's just something charming about vinyl, and um, so we did our first our first run is a limited edition orange colored vinyl of I think 500 uh, copies. So if you get your hands on that one, uh, after, you're you're lucky. After that, they're all going to be just regular old black vinyl. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So go and check out that that orange orange vinyl you need to get the collector's edition i guess uh so the cool thing i I love about this album is you still that great great california pop sound all the songs are just the lyrical harmonies that you guys use and the way that you kind of just it sets you in a good groove like this is a great album to listen to on the road when you're hanging out with your friends it could it puts you in a happy place now how did somebody from maine get that kind of vibe around them what kind of music scene did you grow up with well, I was the youngest of five kids. Um, my when I was born, my oldest sister was eighteen years old. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, good Catholic family, and then all the way down to you know little Danny. Um, so I got to, and there was always music playing in the in the uh, house. So I got to listen to um, not only music from my generation, but prior to that, I mean, you know, all the fifties music, the forties music that my parents were listening to. And I think it had a profound influence on me. Um, I was doing stuff at eight or at eight, nine and 10 years old. Like see, I had already seen the Beatles twice. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, you know, the doors, the Supremes, Jimi Hendrix. It's like, I was exposed to, uh, to to artists and music that I don't feel like other kids my age were. Mm -hmm. So it really kind of all manifests in the Rembrandts, you know, just the the, uh, love of harmonies, uh, love of melody. Um, Yeah, it's just, that's what I bring to it. Yeah, and And Phil, Phil the same way. His dad was a jazz guitar player. He was turned on to guys like Carl Perkins, Les Paul, um, you know, uh, Chet Atkins. Chet Atkins is his favorite. You know, his, his guitar hero was Chet Atkins. So, what does that tell you? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, you were talking about vinyl and, and the importance of it and everything. And growing up, what was that vinyl that your parents or your brother or sister might have put on where you're thinking, this is something that I could do with my life? Um, well, gosh, what I, rem- I remember. Uh, it was an Elvis song. Um, um, I think it was Return to Sender. 
Oh, and classic. I don't know if that was post Beatlemania or or right before that, or you know maybe like Jailhouse Rock or something like that. I just felt like I, my mom; were, uh, she was a dietitian at a um, a retirement home that was about a block and a half up from my house, and. I remember getting my friends together, and we would go play at the old folks' homes and put on Beatle records. And I'd have a tennis racket, and we just mime to the mime to the uh, you know the, the whatever records we were playing, the Beatles records. And <laughs> and um, so one Christmas, I ended up getting a, a guitar for you know a cheap swap meet guitar, and um, I just kept at it and kept at it. And I, before you know it, I mean, it's like I'm in it. So wow. I, yeah, that's, that's inc- what happens to guys like us yeah. and girls. Yeah, it's an incredible thing. I mean, if you have that passion built inside of you, it's it's interesting. And it's because uh, did you now? What did your dad do? My dad was an uh, auto mechanic. So, in a dietitian and an auto mechanic, and then they they just birthed this amazing musician who's, who goes on to write these incredible songs well, that are in, that are interlaced in popular culture. My dad could play a badass harmonica. <laughs> oh, nice! You know, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like John Mayall or or uh, you know Stevie Wonder. It was more like um, oh, I don't know. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes. You know, yeah. with the knee slapping and that that that's uh, that. I, I I love the harmonica because of that. Oh, see, that's that's amazing. It's things like that. I remember when I was growing up, my dad told me, he's like, if you could play the guitar or especially like the piano, you'll always have some friends around you because you can just, you know, start a party with that sound. True. And if you're in high school or junior high and you learn how to play bass, you'll always be in a band because nobody wants to play bass. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. It's true, man. Everyone wants to be the singer, the drummer, or the guitar player. So, uh, you know, they're a dime a dozen, but if you if you play bass, especially if you own a rig, oh my God, mm-hmm. I, I, I was playing every day in another band because of the fact that I... Uh, and I don't think I was doing it because i thought it was smart i just always loved the bass yeah yeah it's well it, i mean look at look at what came from it. I mean, it's, it it's a genius idea to be to play that that in the shadows kind of instrument i suppose right you're well you're holding down the fort yeah the backbone almost um exactly so we again total pleasure speaking to you they got the new album coming out via satellite the new rembrandt's album 18 years it's crazy now Believe it or not, everybody, uh, our good friend Danny not only has this new album coming out, but he's kind of known for this uh, this other song. I don't know if you heard about it. It's called um, I'll Be There For You. Yeah, the Friends theme song. Um, one of the most famous songs that is interlaced in our culture for the last 20 plus years. Now, when you were penning down that song and, and writing it with the Rembrandts, uh, how did you know it was going to have that weight? I mean, what was your thought process of just, uh, okay, this I have a buddy, he wants a song for this new TV show, I don't know if it's going to take off. Uh, what, were, what was going through your head at that moment? Well, we didn't really think much of it other than how cool would it be to have a, a, a theme song for a TV show. Um, Kevin Bright, the executive producer, was a Rembrandt's fan, thankfully. He loved our first two albums, and um, he, he wanted the theme song to be recorded by us. Mm-hmm. So the musical director, a guy named Michael Skloff, who had come up with the, um, the, the, uh, the chords for the, for the song, um, and a lyricist named Allie Willis... Um, wrote the lyrics, we were brought in to flesh it out and give it that Rembrandt sort of stamp. Mm-hmm. And um, 
so we we recorded the first first version, um, the forty two second version, um, really quickly. Uh, that was it. You know, intro, verse, chorus, it was done. Aired, you know, we did that on a Saturday. I think we mixed it on a Sunday, and it aired the following Tuesday, I think, when was when the show was originally on. Um, and then it just blew up. I mean, uh, kids were calling radio stations asking for, you know, for that song. But, of course, the full version didn't exist. So um, a DJ... In Nashville, um, I wish I could remember his name. It's just slipping my my mind right now. Mm-hmm. Um, looped it, uh, which is to take you know the forty two second version and turn it into a you know minute and a half version, and then it just went viral all all over the United States. All the sister stations were playing it. Um, then it spilled over into other stations, and at, by that point, um, you know it was a hit without ever being you know a full version. So that's when Phil and I went back in the studio uh, with Michael Skloff and wrote the rest of the song, um, which was to become the, you know, the single. Yeah. It, so <laughs> you're writing this song and it's taking off. It has like, it becomes like its own animal almost. Do you remember what was it? What was that first show like when you were playing to pretty good crowds? Cause you had a, you had a really great fan base from the get go, but then it turns in from like, a, you know, a, a, a couple hundred people to thousands. Like, what was that? Yeah, like? I think I think probably from a couple hundred to a thousand. I think I think the other um, the other uh, three or four hundred were moms with their kids. <laughs> so it, the uh, uh, you know it changed it changed quite a bit. It sent our our, our album at that time um, off sort of on a different trajectory. But um, you know it, it was a it was a super. Super amazing time for us. Um, you know, the the song was just bigger than life, really. I mean, um, it kind of overshadowed everything we did, and we were on the road for three years supporting the album. That fortunately, that because there wasn't a single released, you know, went double platinum. Because mm-hmm. if you wanted that song, you had to buy the record. Mm-hmm. Pretty tricky, huh? So um, <laughs> genius. Yes, yeah, genius. That these record company geniuses, <laughs> and I and I love it because it's just so it's just so incredible what a song can do. It can bring people together, no matter if they know the words or not. People know that song. That's like the beautiful thing about music. Um, I do got to ask you because I have you on the phone. When you're when they're spinning that song. Every you see friends on TV every single day of uh, repeats and uh, all over the world. Are you getting paid every single time that that song is playing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I think Danny. it's like a nickel. I think it's a nickel, maybe. That's a know. that's a lot of nickels. I think two and a half cents. <laughs> that's incredible. Um, uh, well, right. the cool thing is, is for a lowly little musician like like me and Phil, is like we you know we get invited to the Academy Awards and all that stuff. We're SAG after members, and um, you know we get the screeners. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Jeez, that I mean, that's... not to mention great insurance. Oh my! Yeah, I could. I could only imagine. I could. I, I could only imagine. Again, we're talking with Danny Wild from the Rembrandts. Uh, you know him. You love him. They have this new album out called Via Satellite, and I'm loving the album. I mean, just thinking about how you write, uh, it's it's almost like you're you're a new age Everly Brothers, as is what I often like to see you guys as, because I just love the sound of it, and and it's just so great. Um, how long have you, been, have you been working on these songs uh, for this album? By the way. Um, well, uh, for probably 10 years. Jeez. Or longer. 
or longer. It's 2019 now. We wrote Come to California. We started that song, which is uh, Come to California. We started that song back in, I think, 2003. Didn't finish it. We had a verse and a chorus, um, you know, cut cut it with the band and everything like that. And just, okay, so we need to come up with a second, second verse and a chorus and a bridge and all that stuff. And um, we just never got around to it. And then we started going through um, the pile, which I, I'll do about every four or five years. And, uh, you know, found that little gem. And it ha- this has happened with a bunch of different songs that ended up being on the album. And um, Phil and I said, why did we not finish the song? It's so fun, you know. And um, so then we got together and finished a bunch of stuff that was unfinished. And, you know, that's that's how we work. Jeez. It, it's it's an incredible album. I'm loving it. Uh, you can spin it uh, everywhere coming up here. And uh, just one more thing. Are, are you coming to Chicago anytime soon? Uh, you know, um, yeah, we are. We're a- actually not full band, but um, we are... F- we're setting up a tour now for spring 2020 and um, some, a spring and summer, and then we'll be doing Europe. But uh, coincidentally enough, the 25th anniversary of the Friends TV show, and hence the song, mm-hmm. um, they're doing these pop-ups I'm sure you've heard of. They're mm-hmm. the Central Perk you know, where they recreate the set and all that stuff. Yeah. And I believe, you'd have to check the dates, but I believe we'll be in Chicago at one of the pop-ups doing an acoustic set, um, I think the first week in uh, September. So, like, in a couple weeks. Wow. Well, you know what? We'd love to have you come by the studio if you have, if you have a second or two when you're here in the city. Well, yeah, you know, we'll get your people to talk to my people. I'd love that. Hey, uh, before I let you go, there has been the great debate um, right now on the Internet. What is the greatest sitcom of all time? Is it Seinfeld or is it Friends? I got to ask the man himself with the voice before the show even starts. What's your What's your thoughts on that? I think it's, oh, yeah, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I'm going to say Seinfeld. All right, all right. I mean, it's a great show. They're both well. They're but both they're apples and shows. oranges, really. Yes, you're exactly you know right. What I mean, I love Friends. Hey, Friends people, all you guys out there, you know me. I love you guys, but I know they love Seinfeld too. <laughs> so, uh, favorite Seinfeld episode? Um, oh my God, I think uh, um, Kenny Rogers Chicken. <laughs> That's got to be one of my favorites. Mr. Marbles? Yes. <laughs> so good. It's so good. Lord. Hey, Danny, uh, we totally, totally appreciate your time. Danny Wilde from the Rembrandts, their new album, Via Satellite. They're going to be here in Chicago pretty soon. Go and check out that album. It's their first one in 18 years. In stores now. Check it out on Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you want. But make sure you pick up that great, great orange vinyl that he, he mentioned earlier in the interview. Danny, um, before you go, what's some advice? you can give to the young kid who is sitting there listening to his his favorite Rembrandt's album and they want to you know get into the music scene the same way you did what's what's some advice you can give to those kids growing up um you know what just have fun with it um phil and i are we've both been in a lot of different bands some of them have been a lot of work some of them have been nightmares but if you find somebody that i love co-writing so go find somebody that likes the same kind of music that you like and um just sit around and have some fun doing it, and who knows? You might get lucky like us, us guys did. I love it. Danny Wilde from the Rembrandts. Go pick up the new album. Danny, thanks again for joining us here on WGN. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it.
Cause you're there for me 